0: The first question I always get asked, why didn't you use your real name? And the real reason why I didn't use my real name is, when I started and, and founded the business, I thought for sure I'd be a failure, and I didn't want to walk around being rate the bankrupt for the rest of my life. <laughs>
1: Hi and welcome to the show. I'm your host Alex Chesnell, Virgin Startup Mentor, and fan of Startup U, regional partner for Virgin Startup, providing funding, mentoring, and support for entrepreneurs. You're listening to Screw It, Just Do It, a show designed by entrepreneurs for entrepreneurs. The main
0: thing is, if you have a if you have a good idea for a business, you know, as I say, screw it, just do it and give it a go. And you may fall flat in your face, but pick yourself up and keep trying until you succeed.
1: On today's show, I'm joined by Ted Baker founder, Ray Kelvin. Despite failing his 11 plus exams and later dropping out of business school after just 12 months, Ray has grown Ted Baker to a global brand that's currently valued at £1.6 billion. I hosted a live Q&A with Ray at a sold out this workspace in Bournemouth, the brand new flagship co-working space that Ray has personally invested into. For a man who never fully shows his face and rarely talks in public, he talked for over two hours, answering every question, and stayed for another hour, posing for every single selfie that was requested. On today's show, Ray tells us how he still spends every Saturday in a Ted Baker shop and still doesn't own a computer. The self-titled Boy Done Good goes on to share some great insights, including how he built Ted Baker without any formal advertising, based on common sense, hugging, and his four P's, people product passion and profit you don't want to miss any of this it's pure gold dust as Ray says everybody late at Ted Baker has to do press-ups today's podcast is brought to you by Hayes with the number one recruiting experts in the UK whether you're searching for your perfect job or looking to scale your business by building the perfect team go to hayes.co.uk quoting startup you So I was able to get Virgin's founder Sir Richard Branson to kick off our live Q&A by asking Ray the first question direct via video from Necker Island.
0: Um, A lot of people say to me, how does Ray need to uh, get all these expensive models to model his clothes when he's such a good-looking guy himself? So uh, (laughs) I just wanted to ask why you don't model all your clothes yourself? Um, Anyway, cheeky question. (laughs) Have fun. Have a great day. Cheers. Um, thank you, Richard. <laughs> By the way, you still owe me a pot of paint. Um, why don't I model the clothes myself? Simply, uh, I'm not an air, air but I used to model. Uh, I used to model for Airfix. Has anybody heard of airfix? You've heard of airfix, haven't you? Yeah, uh, uh, airfix models. You'll go back and have a look <laughs> Before we start, could you just turn to one and the other and just give each other a hug? <laughs> now that the business is successful, I still don't use the tech maker, because um, I want it to be about the brand and I want to be about the people in the business. It's not about me. We I don't know, together about 6,000 people, and I don't want to be uh, rich and famous. I want to be. Ray that started to get made and I've got Sandra there, who's known me how many years? Thirty, forty years? Forty years. Forty years because my mentor in business, believe it or not, was basically Wimborne. No, Wimborne Road.
2: Wimborne O
0: (laughs) one seven two (laughs) two seven double two one three, something like that. No O one uh,
2: 2027. It two. two. two.
0: <laughs> wasn't bad, was it? No. And I've not seen Sandra for 40 years. And her boss, the boss of that company chap called Harry Smith, helped me to grow my business when I was 19. It's really odd. It comes over you remember me, I name Sandra. I was uh, it's quite it's quite unreal. So I used to come to pawns as a kid. Um, i come from a Jewish background, Jewish family, and this rural resort of Bournemouth was full, anybody my age will remember, it was full of Jewish hotels. And I remember the ambassadors, hands up, anybody remember the ambassadors? The Majestic, the Majestic, the Cumberland,
2: <laughs> <laughs>
0: it was Jewish. The, the real posh one, if you had a Jew, it was called, cool does anybody know? The green Who said?
2: Green
0: the Green Park. Wow. If I went out with a girl from the Green Park, my parents, oh my God, would <laughs> crack me up. Oh, now you must come for money. The Green Park is the number one. I'm sorry, I'm sitting up here. I don't feel very comfortable sitting up here. I'd rather be, you know, amongst you. But they don't have a, a speaker system here, so you need, you need to, I need to be up here him. So Green Park. That was the Majestic, did I mention the majestic? The ambassadors, the Cumberland, the uh, Gafferton, yeah, about five hotels. And everybody used to gravitate to Bournemouth. And wait for this, I used to play in the Bournemouth, Hants, West Hants, Homer tennis. Couldn't put your hand up there? Did you play you? (laughs) Who did? Does Richard want to say something?
2: Mm-hmm.
0: So I used to play at the Bournemouth West Hats every year, the Johnson um, County tennis player. And um, you still play, you have not Josh? Yeah. When you play playing Josh, you have to hit, because he comes from Australia. Mm-hmm. Uh, don't hold it against him. When you play playing Josh, when you play playing Josh and have a hit with Josh, you have to hit, and then hit it into the car park before he shouts out. <laughs> hey, so, um, yeah, big attachment to Bournemouth. Really, really love it. My father had a little blouse business, and he used to do business with bills. Still here? Yeah. Uh, so that's just about. <laughs> do you know what? It's a shame because everything is just about. So, that's one of the reasons why when the property came available, the land became available up the road. I bought the land and Actually, I'm the proud owner of the Hilton Hotel. Did you know that?
2: Did
0: <laughs> no. you know? Yeah. So I own the Hilton Hotel. Uh, not Ted Baker, but Ray right owns the Hilton Hotel. With the apartments upstairs, which I did a license agreement with Ted Baker. And I designed the hotel. Um, so probably that's why, anybody from Hilton here? Okay, that's probably why it doesn't look 20 years out of date in Hilton <laughs> <Baker>. <laughs> Has anybody read that? Have you seen that before It's really, really cool for a and it's doing really well. So um, I'm always in there so come in for a drink and stuff. And then I bought this.
2: Because
0: look at it, it's unbelievable. And what we're creating here is the first ever community building building where people come, startups, small businesses medium-sized pieces. When I say medium, I am talking 20, 30, 40 people. And they can work in the most incredible, incredible environment, because environment, a really bleeding environment. Right. I think that's the strength. Right. Yes. Can you speak up a little bit, just for people at the back? Ah, can you not hear me that? You yes. know what, it's the first time anybody said that to me. <laughs> <laughs> you can't hear
2: me? I'll,
0: you never, say me. Well. I'll never say it again, as well. Because I've got a very loud voice, and it carries. So much so that when So much so when I am speaking, um, people think I'm shouting and getting upset, but I don't care, but that's the first time that's ever happened. So this is a really cool building. We bought it for, we owned it in February, so we've been going for about four or five months. And it's the new way of trading. Um, and we have to keep up with the times. We call it EMA now, business, early mover advantage, where we're putting everybody together and in separate offices and everybody collaborates and everybody works together. So you don't have that eerie feeling that I had because I started Ted Baker for my kitchen. I didn't I have I I limited money, my parents weren't particularly wealthy, and I was 18 years of age. I did a year at business school doing a business degree and I was losing too much money at cards and I had to leave and then I did the markets and I went out and had it done. And I always remember my first office was a very soulless, nervy type of environment where I went every day to try and do business but I just sat there because I really didn't know what to do and how to do it. Here you can collaborate with people in all Different spheres, and you never know, somebody like me might come along and say, You know what? I love your creative agency, I really like what you do, I can give you some work. And have you met the bloke next door. Well, I just did it with, with Sandra. Sandra um, is, uh, is a partner in Mazars, the accountants.
2: So, I wish.
0: That okay? No, senior partner
2: in
0: Mazars. <laughs> and uh, what a cool place to have an in practice where young people have started businesses and people give them help. And then as they get bigger, oh, would you do my order? And then would you do my tax? And then would you help me with the payroll and the VAT? And everybody spins off. Everybody. It's a bit like um, has anybody been to an Israel? Israel and seen the kibbutz? It's that type of getting together environment. I think it's really cool. And it's my, really, it's my thing of really trying to put back and help businesses to get off the ground. This is all this type of building, but not as amazing as this. It's all over London. All over the world. There's a company called Never Mention Your Competitors, so I'm not going to (laughs) say it. There are companies that are worth billions just doing this, but the difference here is that we're doing with heart. We're really trying to do something special. You know, when people put off a deal and suddenly they put a contract, we're all having a drink. We bring in ice creams, we bring in starter packs, we're trying to really develop a real community feel with a difference. Do you know what the worrying thing is? As you get a little bit older, people don't understand what you're talking about.
2: <laughs> I
0: start talking to myself. I've got—I don't know how many people. Here. We've got 650 people in our building in London. Um, and as I said, I started the company 30 years ago, and now we've got 6,000 people working with me, and we've got 650 people in the ugly brown building in King's Cross. And no know one knows what I'm talking about. <laughs> and I sit there suddenly just doing this. Sometimes I just go. <laughs> and Dribble and blow bubbles. <laughs> <laughs> and they're to Have you met Ted Baker? And I just sit there going.
2: <laughs> <laughs> and, I,
0: and sometimes I get like young people just sitting there, 20 of them just looking at me. Just sitting there, you know, thinking, Does he talk? Can
2: you
0: can really add up? You know? But it is, it's a different world and I, I can see there's a lot of young people here, but life's changing very quickly and we've got to get going very quickly because business is just not the same as it used to be. So I think we can talk a little bit about that, but you want to ask me something? I'm just going to say, being from London, um, when you talking about your first office? Was that London? Was that Glasgow? No, my first office was in my home, in a place at the beginning of the Piccadilly line called Co-Fosters. Have you heard of it? <laughs> yes. Because my mother, my mother wouldn't let me take off. <laughs> um, we were quite a market, as Jewish families go, so I had to refer to my... Home, as (laughs) co-fosters, and uh, I started at home. My mother and father helped me uh, in my little enterprise, which was delivering clothing directly, personal contact. Remember it, Sandra? Yeah, yeah, I remember. remember. Um, And delivering directly to offices, clothing, and then I did markets, and I don't know. I just had a big personality and got started. I didn't realise, actually, until I created Ted Baker in '88 that. I was more creative than I ever believed because I actually designed all the product, so I'm a designer. But I can add up as well. It's quite interesting because uh, Sandra, I failed my eleven plus. Did you know that? In my eleven plus, and I couldn't get maths so level. I couldn't in maths. Couldn't do it. And suddenly, they put a pound sign in front, and <laughs> uh, things seemed to change. <laughs>
1: well, how different is the vision now what you've created compared to when you were back 18 years old one sort of Do you one know one. what? I pinch myself
0: every day so started with very little and the company recently was worth and I don't oh. like talking we've got something in our family we never talk about how much but you'd oh. like to know this because that's why you come here but we never talk about at Ted Baker, we really, actually, very, we're very modest, and we don't talk about money every day like you think most businesses talk about. What we talk about is how we can do things better. How can I make that garment better? How can I market it better? Is the zip good? Is the button right? And I drive myself making every day better than the previous day. Now that's all well and good when you've got a big business. Well, one little bit of advice I would give, and that is if you start out like this venture here and Josh, my partner from Australia, got on a plane I met their tennis tournament and he said, there's nothing for me in Perth, give me a chance, I'll have a go at that. And that, I hardly knew it, right? And he said, okay, come over, and we looked after him, and he just said, give me a chance, come on, I want to have a go. He's running this whole place. It was quite amazing. and. Um, it's that energy, directing that energy into an opportunity, but doing things properly. Don't do, it for, don't do it for money in the first place, do it for doing it well. So this is all about how great can we make this building. My whole business is built on hugs. It's really odd. Ten years ago, I found my hands were getting very, very painful, and I suffered with a condition called psoriatic. Arthritis. Has anybody heard of it? anybody got it? Who's got it? How bad? <laughs> Sorry.
2: No,
0: not bad. In your hands, right? Very sore, especially in the mornings. Yes. And you get some lunatic going. He's a bit probably got quite a small penis. <laughs> but comes and goes like that and kills your hand, right? Well, there's this particular guy that must have had the smallest penis in the world.
2: <laughs>
0: used to squeeze my hand to the point of killing me. So I thought, right, I'm not going to... So I hugged it. And then I thought, you know what, I'm going to hug everybody. Are you on any medication?
2: <laughs> <laughs>
0: Humira? Humira.
2: Yes.
0: Well, how do you feel now?
2: Yeah.
0: Better? Yeah. Still sore? Do you get. Sorry, this is my part. <laughs>
2: is that
0: Martin down there? Who is that? What's your name? Martin. Martin, let me tell you, Martin. Do you get a lot more colds and flu. Just talk to my shelves. Do, do you get a lot more colds and flu? No. Nothing. No. Do you feel strange when you pass wind? Because <laughs> <laughs> um, I felt peculiar going over Westminster Bridge the other day. No, do you feel. No, you don't. No issues. I keep getting sick from that. I get I take the Humira, get an injection, and then I'm not very well. You don't get that. You know? No. What did you take supplements? <laughs> Sorry,
2: <yeah. laughs> any supplements? Sorry. Any supplements?
0: <laughs> Do you get know the National Health? <laughs> <laughs>
2: Do
0: you know how much those shots are? No. Six hundred pounds a shot. Oh well, wow. Did you know that? And I mean, I have one one a week. <laughs> when did you take yours? Okay. Every quarter, I was having one every week, and it is now. Since this is coming into business, Humira is the most successful drug in the world, most profitable drug in the world. Did you know that, Martin? <laughs> Did anybody know that? <laughs> it's called Adalimumab. Do you spell that? <laughs> <laughs> and um, it's. Unbelievable, but I keep getting the flu and oh, I'm feeling dreadful. <coughs> well, look, we'll be pen friends. Alright, Martin, if you can write. <laughs> so, okay, so ten years ago, anybody else got it? Alright, okay. So ten years ago, I had this soreness in my hand like you wouldn't believe. You know what, I'm going to get down I feel terribly uncomfortable. I'm I <laughs> if I offend anybody, I apologize now, I'm not politically correct. <laughs> and that's quite interesting, because I'm not a politically correct type of person, don't get me wrong, I wouldn't bully, I would never, I would never um, um, be a sexual harasser or anything like that. <laughs> but the key thing is, you can laugh, I've been harassed a lot, i anyway. um, you, I have to give it to Bob Martin on a Wednesday, if you don't know
2: what Martin is
0: Anybody know what Bob Martin is? Because they don't know. Anybody know what Bob Martin is? I can't be that. It's a dog pill calm them down. So then, so we in Ted Baker, um, sorry, let's go back. I'll come back to the, this section. I'll, I'll talk about this to you So I was hugging everybody because I couldn't shake hands. And then I suddenly felt better. Excuse me. Do <laughs> <laughs> you know how much better I feel now? fantastic.
2: <laughs> <laughs> so I, I if
0: I started to hug everybody and I started to call it hug culture, it was, became a bit of a thing. So everybody in Ted Baker hugs a bit shissy, but I love
2: Jack's.
0: So I I, I was I, everybody was started to hug everybody. And then I suddenly got well-known for the hug. And I thought, that's quite nice. And then when my hands got better, guess what? I didn't stop hugging. (laughs) And right by my desk, true or not, Jason, by my desk, there's a circle, a big oval circle, and it says, hug such. And if anybody's been in, because we have an open plan office, our our office is four times the size of this building, and it's completely open, open plan. And anybody been there? You have. You've been there? Yeah. How come you've been
2: there? I saw you. Did I hug you? No, no, you weren't. Oh, right. Your... Yeah. Oh,
0: no. <laughs> what did you buy from you? From Richmond Classics? No. Uh, yes. Bills.
2: <laughs> Bills? 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 I've got well. much
0: money. Um, tell them, what's the office like? It's amazing.
2: Amazing? Yeah.
0: It's, it's an old building. It's an old building, and we have created just the best open working environment, and that's what we're going to do here. Because today, it's all about environment. <coughs> it's all being able to work in something which is conducive, conducive for what we're doing, and making the place cool, just like Bill's example, and, Zappel, and uh, trying to make it a special place. And what happens in so many businesses? <coughs> Do you know what happens? People starve their businesses because they think about money and they don't invest ahead head of the curve. So you get private equity that buy big businesses and they think, oh, that carpet's all right, I'll just stick it together again with a bit... You're nodding. We do that in our office. Yeah, no. We stick it together again and save the money. It's shortcoming. That is not how you run your business. Ahead of the curve when you make money, Reinvest to make it bigger and better. Don't, don't make money to drag it out. There's been a point in time for that. Reinvesting in your business. It's the key thing. My dad, God rest his soul, always used to say to me, invest in your own business, because it's the business you know, and it's compounded. I've done this because I've got a little bit of wealth now. We don't talk about how much, but we've got a bit of wealth. And I, I, I want to invest in something that I can get hold of, that we can own. Because this reminds me of Ted Baker, doesn't it? This whole environment. So we have that state. If you go upstairs there, you would not believe those offices. And you know what will happen? The environment will make you more creative and you'll be buying better and enjoying it. Cool music, cool food, cool guys, everything. You know, it makes a big difference, environment. It's always the other thing. Oh, yeah. So I remembered when my kids were 16, I thought to myself, They had lots of friends around, what do I do with the drinks cabinet? I thought, if I lock it up, they're all going to try and break into it. So I left the drinks cabinet open. No one got pissed, no one got particularly drunk, and everybody had a nice evening. So I brought that into the business. I brought that into the business and said, if I said to the kids in the office, you can't go out with him, you can't do this, you can't do that, we didn't up to recently even have an HR department. And we're 6,000 people. So what we did used to manage it with the department heads and the directors those little parts of the business. They used to manage it themselves, but the business got too big on a global stage and suddenly had to do business with the French. That meant they had to have that So So um, today, today, what we do um, is we, we still allow people to be themselves. So I'm known as the chief fluffer. I want people, boys and girls, to go out, they're all probably average ages 26, 27, enjoy themselves. Long as you don't hurt anybody, I don't want any affairs if you're married. But if you're gonna sleep with her, that's alright. Long as you're proper and correct about it, because it's gonna happen anyway. The minute I forbid it and say it's a not allowed in the manor, we're gonna have problems. So what we say is just be respectful, have a good time. Go out if you fancy him. You fancy him What you is what I'm just saying? Just enjoy yourselves. And you know what? It's the best working environment. People tell me they have ever seen in their lives. We have food to do every single day: lunches and breakfast. The more you earn, you've been there. You've been there. And how?
2: Because mm. I did your school lunch. now.
0: You've been there, right? Yeah. How cool is it? And the more, and it's not, flash. Yeah, it's not flash. It's not flash, it's just right. You know what I mean? It's not lemon. I usually get copies. Right, right, right. <laughs> lemon dash, flash. right? right. <laughs> so, um, the, the food, they have, three course, they have a three-course meal. The more money you earn, the more you pay. So unlike some businesses, especially banks, the more you earn, the free <laughs> it gets. The free it gets, the cheaper it becomes. Ted Baker is totally different. The less you make, you know, if you're a starter, you're a junior, the, the less expensive the, the, the food is. So we think very, very differently. They might be able to copy the clothes I designed, but remember, they can't, people can't copy the way you think. And that is a key factor of being successful, in my opinion. I don't know if you've got another question that we can put out the floor, but that gives you a bit of a warm up, doesn't it? And you can ask me anything. Health issues, anything, marriage
1: issues. (laughs) I was just going to say, Ray, what do you put success down to compared to what some of your competitors aren't doing so well at the moment? You just announced really good results. Is it brand? Is it focus on the product? Is it all of those things?
0: People or peaks? People, product, passion, profit. It all starts with people. And I love the people so much. All with this bullshit and around the world, and, uh, this is genuine, I'm just a boy done good. I love the people in the business, and I want to see them be successful. And you know what, the more I hug them, the more they try hard. The more I love them, the more happy they are, um, the better the business does. Guess what, I owe 40% of it, I'm not doing too bad. So for me, the problem I have when I do these talks, which is not very often I might do, one or two a year, and I get asked to do five a week. <laughs> um, business for me is about common sense and logical thinking. If you've got a good product, and if you've got a great concept, idea, then it's all about making it the best. It's the game in get Trek, it's all very easy to be talking about it now. Uh, it's only pictures up there of, that of uh, my grandpa's shop.
2: Yeah.
0: You've got a picture there, look. I don't know what to put that. Oh no, that's the wrong way round. That's the end. Yeah. I can see that if
2: you
0: want. Who, tell me who's looking at my bottom. Oh here you go. That one there. You see that? That's what my grandfather. True story, that is my grandfather, uh, Sammy, Sammy, who had his shop in Edmonton, and my they lived above the shop, and my mother who was the matriarch of the business, Trudy. Has anybody met my mum? Thank you. See? She served you where? Did I know that? Have I ever met you before? Wherever I go in the world, someone says to me, I met your mummy. When was Glasgow? When we opened there in uh, 88, or later. It was 1994 at the University of Los University was Santa Cruz. What was his name? Microwave. Well, I know Mike. mind. It's
2: apple,
0: right? Yeah. How is it? I'll <laughs> give my heart a minute you. Sorry? Sure. My mother served you, right? Yeah. She used to love measuring all the guys inside. The lake for some reason.
2: <laughs> she
0: was unbelievable. What was she like with you? <coughs> she was unbelievable. My mother passed away unfortunately about This is six years, so she passed away in six years. She taught me everything about retail. We're a family business and that's where she was born. Above that shop, my grandmother went into labor. And she wouldn't go to the hospital because she had a suit customer with a nap, And she had a big customer who was spending you know eight shillings on a suit. And suddenly she went into labour and she was born upstairs. And my grandpa was there, and he's got, look, you can't sit on that shop, but right in the corner there was a dog. And the dog and the, my grandpa's grandfather and my grandparents' name was Factor when they came over here. But um, they, they changed it to Factor and they called the dog Max, for some reason. <laughs> <laughs> As all tot- I'm not making anything up, This is all totally true. And I wasn't surprised that there was, there was one person that had met, met my mother. My mother used to stand and work in Harrods every Saturday, and Al fayed who owned Harrods at the time, used to come to Ted's mum, she used to have a badge on, Ted's mum, she was very proud, and she had her little black slippers on, and she was the only person in Harris, he allowed to sit down. And she was, the, we used to call her the chambre girl from her. And she used to teach the whole company, which at that time would have been, I don't know, 12 shops in the UK, and however many, it wasn't a particularly big business. And she used to teach everybody how to run Business and it was all based on pure basic common sense. Nothing fancy, nothing clever. very had a great product, and she just taught people how to sell, how to manage customers. And I can come on to that in a minute. Um, how she, she taught people because it was quite amazing. She was just phenomenal. So, well. So yeah, computer. Computer. Yeah.
2: What's your name? John. Sorry, John. What? I'm <laughs> sorry. <laughs> so, I haven't got a computer. a
0: computer. I've never had a computer. I've now got a phone and I've got an iPad. But I've never, ever been a computer. Well, you see. It's very interesting, you know, take away from this chat, whatever you will, but it's easy for me because now I've got a very big business. But if I'm on the computer and I'm looking for numbers, I'm not directing the traffic, I'm not doing the business. So what I tend to do is ask people for information which they supply. If I'm looking for it, then I'm doing the job. I'm limited. There are certain things I'm really good at, John, But there's this whole raft of the world that I don't understand, and (coughs) I'm cranked. Do you know what I do? I work with people around me, and I love them. I don't care who scores the goals, as long as we are scoring them. So what's your question, Why was your mum working at Harrods, not for you? Well, she was. She was working at the concession, our shopping shop, in Harrods, in in Waib. Um, and then she used to do visits around the country. <coughs> and our used would come down and say, Ted's mum, Ted's mum, what's selling? Tell me what I should do. What about this, that and the other? She, she was just something else. She used to get all the team in the shop. The first thing she would do, she would take some of in, in the guys in the, um, on the shop floor. Because we don't call out, we never use the term. People have got our own language. Okay? We call it, the whole thing is called Teducation. So we all speak in our own words. So we, there's lots of words we bang. We don't like the word staff. We always say team, colleague, friend. So we don't like use the word staff. So she would say, team, this is the first thing we do when you get on the shop floor. Come with me. Say, I'm in the stock room now, okay? So this is the stock room. This is, this is the stock room. Go and check what we have in stock, because I don't want you promoting product that we don't have. How many times do you go into a store and people says, people say to you, i like that ingredient in a, in a small, and you'll say, or they suggest, I'll get it for you in a green in a small. They're promoting it, and then they go out the back and find they don't have one. It's a cardinal sin promote what you can sell, so you don't initiate initially point. If Josh turns around and these guys come in and say, I would love six guests in this fantastic building, and you start promoting he goes upstairs and you only find three, you don't feel too good. So my mother used to say, only sell and promote what you've got. So check your stock with me every morning. So now, all around the world, we've got 500, can you believe it, 500 Shopping shops and stores around the world. Everybody, first thing in the morning, check the stuff, and never, ever, ever mention a competitor. So when someone used to come in and say, "Hello, um, could you just tell me where's Marks and Spencers?" she would say, "Marks and Spencers. <laughs> this is Ted Baker. I've never heard of them." <laughs> That's all she used to say. Never heard of them. <laughs> I remember on one occasion I was standing in the shop and, um, how am I doing this? All right. um I was standing in the shop and um, the guy says, I'd like a pair of those underwear please, in so uh, uh, 3, So my mother bunged in the back size 4. Why? Why did she put the size 4 in? It wasn't to make you feel good about yourself. The reason was we didn't have a 3. And she then put the four in, the money's in the Jewish piano, the jack and the tilt, right? The money's in the Jewish piano, right? And, she, and the kid next to her has gone, gone, she's bashed Richard under the thing too, because he's seen this before and he needs a three. She says, Wait a she says, never interrupt a sound. I know he wanted a three, and I know that was a four. She was cheeky, she was wrong with what she was doing. She says, I know we've got threes in the warehouse, and by the time he comes back, I'll change it over.
2: I've stopped, it. I've stopped him. I've stopped
0: buying it from somebody else. And you know what I'll give I'll give him one of our condoms, I'll make it a joke with him, terribly sorry, and I'll win him for life. And that's how we built our business from the front. And I'm still, and I still work as my. Colleagues will tell you from London, Jason and Josh, I'm still in the shop on Saturday. Every Saturday I'm working, every Wednesday I'm in the shop, meeting customers. And today, in our business, I'll talk numbers to give you some type of only context, not to be lemon and dash. A few months ago, the share price valued the company at 1.6 billion. And I started with two acres. It's unbelievable, isn't it? And it's only based on common sense. It really is. and know what I'm doing in terms of really actually very good on cars, really good on fabrications, really good on cloth. I understand I understand my job. You know, I'm, if I may say, talented with what I do. And I've got a lot more people around me even more talented. But it's just basic bloody common sense. If you, the difficult thing is, what am I going to do, and what's the product I'm going to sell? And don't say to yourself when you wake up in the morning, I don't sell anything. You all sell. You're all selling the way you look, the way you meet people, the way you greet them, the way you hug them. You've always got to find an edge. The other thing, right, I never show my face. Did you know that? If you go online, I don't show my face. Why? Why? Because I didn't want to be about me again, I don't want everybody be recognised. I want to be about people, I'm not that good looking, I don't want blah blah blah. And you know what? It was a hook. Sadly, now, the figures came out uh, yesterday, didn't they? We we're 14% up in this climate. We would define gravity, really. So the paper phoned up and says, Kate, well, I had to mention stupidly, my wife bought a dog. I can't believe it. Just had a baby as well, I've got a four year old baby. Right? And a dog. And the dog's a cockapoo. <laughs> I've my foot in it with the braces. So now they want a picture of the dog's face (laughs) covered, so the dog doesn't (laughs) be
2: recognized.
0: So, everywhere I'm going, I'm trying to think cleverly of something that I can pick up and market. You know, Ted Baker, if you think, Ted Baker has never, ever formally advertised. Did you know that? Worldwide brain, got scores in 45 countries. We have never, ever, this to the name of our the fishing. not fly fish? Not fry fish, fly fish. Anybody? Fly fishing? Probably one of you. <laughs> right. So let's keep going. So we have never, ever, ever, <laughs> keep going. Let well, me see what's up there. <laughs> we have, <you> know, <laughs> okay, have to start so you get to feel where we are. We, go back one. Go back to the massive things. We have never advertised, so we've got this business in all these countries around the world and more, because this is way outdated, um, and we have never formally advertised. So before there was digital and social marketing, actually we used to think that way before there was the devices, it's really interesting. Um, and I think it's been our biggest hook to the market that I used to think of ways of getting the brand out but not putting it on black and white on paper and looking cheesy. I remember in 1988, there was this um, chap called Marky Mark who used to wear Calvin Klein's. Remember that? And yeah, you know... the the classic six-pack, and you look really cool. I thought, you know what, we don't look like that. I thought, bollocks, I mean, you don't look.
2: We don't look
0: like that, what do we look like? We look like everyday people. Who are we kidding, dressing people up, trying to make them look something they're not? I found that all very superficial. So I tried to find ways of connecting people to the brand, where we could touch them without advertising. And you know the odd thing we used to call it all those years ago, Gorilla and viral marketing. You've heard all that? Yeah. We did that in 1988 when there wasn't a term for it. So, for example, years ago we did a little thing with Black's Leisure. We created some tents. So, um, we were going to do them for festivals to get the name out there. So, what did we do? I took, um, if you drive into London, there's a roundabout, big roundabout with a green on it in the middle of North Circular and Mill Hill Broadway. I don't know if you know it. And I got these guys to camp out on the roundabout. And everybody drove faster, I found these fellas in our tents cooking a fry up on the, you know, all night, I've been sleeping all weekend. It was really pretty cool. I mean, lots of things like that. Another example of our guerrilla marketing was um, a little shop in, in Covent Garden. Um, it was 600 square feet, which is that square. And I used to stand and work in this little shop, and um, no one came in. But when people did come in, I came up with this idea. If I cut a piece of carrot up, you've heard of this before, Josh? Uh, I cut this piece of carrot up, stuck it in a see-through cellophane type plastic bag that like you get in the face, and it was Mediterranean blue water with orange, gold with an orange piece of carrot, with another goldfish. And I'd give it to someone when they bought something. I said, I'm really pleased you bought a Ted Baker shirt. You've made my day because I've just started. I'm in love with the product. And the glasses, they're wonderful, so I'm so pleased. Would you mind carrying this? Right? And they would carry around it, cover guard. And it said in it, Ted says, please was set separately. So you had all these people walking around <laughs> with these plastic bags. You know what? You couldn't believe how busy I got on the back of that. Because it was gorilla, and then it got viral under the skin of the people. So I always used to think that way. So the advantage Ted Baker's got now. Is I think that made, but now we've got devices. It's brilliant. And we don't advertise with the bloke going, know, okay, we go, I hate all that nonsense. I, I sell and design clothes for real people, and I want to connect with real people, I want to connect with you. I, you know, I don't want to be elitist. We can make all our garments and our product much more expensive it's made in luxury factories, fantastic yarns, it's the same stuff that you could pay four times the price for our product is brilliant i'm not I'm just saying it on marketing now i mean but i But the brilliance is is that i can sell it at a price that's democratic that means that i've got a wide audience there's no good designing something for that top slice i want everybody wearing our clothes and then what we do with that is we don't make a lot of everything so, as much as you'll see a Ted Baker print and you'll recognise it, there's only be 2,000 of those prints around the world. And then we don't repeat it, we short the market. But we have this continual newness every week, we bring a new product. Anybody else got a question? Yeah. Uh, you, say, you say it's just common sense. Right. <laughs> 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 uh, yeah, yeah, <laughs> um, so, you say it's common sense. I, I think it is, but, but then do you, say, I know. you said you're petrified and you didn't want to name the company after yourself because yeah. you were scared you were going to fail. Yeah. And you, they say what, nine out of ten startups fail. So, what's your advice to kind of take the risk, get out there and do something? Um, I'm very, and this probably doesn't, this would probably surprise you, I'm incredibly risk averse even now. So we bought this building in terms of what I could afford. It's not a big deal. But I have said this nice. All right, because I remember where I came from. I still think about every penny. And I hate wasting. And I like to do things small. So my advice to anybody starting a business, which today must be a nightmare. My youngest, my oldest son, Ben, who's the academic out of the two. Believe it or not, there's another age. My son is at the Arts University here. And he was at Bournemouth Uni went across to visual communication at the art union, and he's so handsome. Um, <laughs> and Josh, Ben, the other one who was a Bath, who's the academic, anyway, he's turned around and said to me, Dad, do you know what, this, in this world today, everybody's thought of everything. Because there's social media, and because there is so much content, and because there's so many ways to communicate, you can't keep anything secret. I used to call a by the way, fashion, and still do One of our book our is, we are fashion's best kept secret, because we never advertise. I wanted the pull to come from the consumer, rather than pushing. I think starting a business today <laughs> is unbelievably difficult. I wouldn't know where to bloody start, honest. So I think the first thing, you've got to have a talent for something. What do you do, Chloe? Where?
2: getting a question.
0: Where? Is that the in the And you came here and you to say to me, can I have a post?" <laughs> Ask yes. me. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Don't ever miss an opportunity. <laughs> Don't be shy. Have a big personality, should it be the first place to do? I'm studying, can I ask too long, alright? Can you help me, how <laughs> long will you be in this class? The answer is yes and that's obviously. So, uh, Josh, make that happen please. Uh, we love giving people a
2: chance. <laughs> <Sorry.
0: laughs> yeah, no, no, it's no, done, no, no, done. No, no. If I say, it's done. People, you can't imagine the opportunity to be a people because I just love like that. And you know what often I find a nugget of a person and they become brilliant at what they do and I just love it. I think just today everybody's thought of everything. It's all out there. Whatever I think of, in terms of a new business, there's someone who's done it. And I like this early mover advantage. I think whatever you do, you've got, to sort, you've got to start small. I think the key thing, you Please take it to with you. Because I tell you what, if you work at Ted Baker, sorry, if you're late, you know what happens. Does anybody know what happens if you're late at Ted Baker? Yeah. And gas ups, press ups. How would you know? I've read it Does anybody else heard of that? <laughs> you know. So if you're late, it's press ups. Okay? If you see people doing crunches, you know they're on the way
2: out. <laughs> <laughs> and they get the
0: old NCP, right? they park parked right up. You cannot relate. You cannot use offensive language to people. There are words that are banned in our organisation when it's staff, itself, and you've got to have personality, and you've got to make mistakes, and you're going to have to go, That's it. If I've got those people that are really prepared to have a go, then I've got a chance. So, you've got to never be late. You can't be shy. You've got to say, give me a chance, please, I could do that. You've got to have energy, keep energy, and focus it in the right direction. And you have to be tenacious. I slept on the floor for eight years to build this business, to the point, do you remember in the 80s there was this thing called ME? I was so ill. I had chronic fatigue syndrome. i never woke up for 10 years. Can you imagine how good Ted Baker could have been? (laughs) But what I learned from that is that, and I wasn't feeling well here, I slept most of the way here, didn't I? What I've learned is, through being not particularly well, is to rely and share and develop other people so they can take the pressure off me. So, be a, be a lover, be a hugger, develop other people, take I out of the equation. You know, when I'm standing here, I say I, unfortunately, I talk about myself, which I'm not comfortable to do. It's another reason why I don't, I use the name Ted Baker, I look very comfortable, and I could be a bit of a fast North Londoner, North London chatter. But let me just tell you something, underneath, I'm not this comfortable, I'm not that comfortable, I am, but feet down, I'm not that comfortable talking to you. Not really, because it's about I. And I want to be Ray, not Ted. It's really interesting when I think about it. I mean, I, I was a kid in school and never put my hand up. Now look at me. I was really nervous and shy. I could talk about what I know. You know, it's it's, it's, it's really odd, it's it's peculiar because I don't like being showy about what I have achieved. What the companies to J but not what I've done. I want it to be about the other people. And we've got 10 directors on the board of Tech They've all come through the ranks, and they're the same, virtually the same board of directors as of day one, which is bloody amazing. So I've got people working 26, 27 years. All directors, and all have done extremely well. So it's like this family, you have this continuity of people that makes life easy, because you don't have to keep people in. And the weakness we have in the company, one of our weaknesses, is that when we do bring people in from outside, it doesn't really work. Because when you bring they've, they've been spoiled. They've worked in difficult places. They don't understand how They don't understand that you can go and enjoy yourself. They don't understand that you don't have to call me sir. Come on, why? we have no walls in our office. I don't have an office. Come and talk to me. You'll see, you'll be sitting next to me. You're going to say, right, wake up to the next call. And you say, how do I this? And what do you think of that? You know, we don't have that type of environment. Where's that? Oh, that's boring. <coughs> have you got a head office shop there? You might be able to see it if you keep going through. No, there's no, no? What else is on there's that? one there. Is that what? Have you seen all of them. So one of the marketing tools we use, we just opened that in New York. One of the marketing tools that we use is actually the stores. The stores that are showroom. So today we have four rooms to market. let's go through. We've got shops, and not too many. We've was really shrewd. And do you know why we don't have a lot of shops and we're not a chain? Is because my family had the one shop, you saw in Edmonton, and then we had one in Enfield. we would like kids to do shops. If I had lots of shops, how could I love them? Today, if you're a chain, you're in trouble. If you've got hundreds of stores or hundreds of betting shops, are there any other retailers there? Anybody else got shops or what? What do you know? Like? Okay. Um, sure.
2: just, 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 just one.
0: Just one. Yeah. You're right. Yeah, imagine if you've got lots of shops on lots of different high streets, and you've got the red paying there, and you've got an online offer, you've got double costs. Who else? You got shop? Okay. Yeah. Uh, Subway and um, CX franchises.
2: Oh,
0: right, wow, cool. How's that? Yeah. Is yeah. that yeah. alright? Yeah, Because the government's doing well. Great, Great, Well, business. So, if I had hundreds of stores to buy, I would be in desperate trouble. The fact is, how many full price stores, full price stores on the high street with normal leases do you think Ted Baker's got in the UK? Sure. Anybody? Fifty. 50. <laughs> 20. <laughs> <laughs> <read> the <laughs> um, I didn't tell my price. I'll give you a, a large knock. Um, I'll get to one now. So, um, we, we, we've only got um, 20 full price stores. We've got outlet stores, you've seen those in York and Vista. Um, I don't call those, they're, they're, they're turnover rank. So, the more, the more you take, the more you pay. It's flexible. But high street shops, we've only got 20. We've got shops in airports, and they are doing amazing. The stores on travel, terrific. We're up King's Cross next month. I think that would be really good. So, where people are walking through this, and they're not walking up high streets, I think there's a necessity. I mean, some guys, I don't know if you guys do it, but I've seen some lads, they walk through Heathrow or wherever we've got, sh- they go with a small bag, and they buy the stuff at the airport, and they're off for three or four days. You know, they don't pack their bags. So that's trading very, very well. But the high street has been decimated, obviously, by online, decimated. So today, if you look at some of the other businesses, that's why our numbers are holding up, because we've got incredible online presence. Uh, our turnover from the online to about 30% of the total retail, it's over 120 million, I think, just in the UK, just online. And when I started with Harry Smith, I was lucky to be in 60 quid a year. So, it's, uh, does anybody else know Harry Smith? No? Smith Hamilton was the name of the company 40 years ago. That was earlier. Anyway, it really, 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 really helped So, we've got an enormous online presence, and then we do really creative stuff. If you've been on our web, anybody, you see what we do. I think it's pretty cool. So, Yeah, that's the type of thing we do. Film, you know, we made a film just recently with Guy Ritchie, Mission Impeccable. Where you, actually, where you actually watch the film and you actually press the character, touch the character in the film, and you could buy the product. Did you see it? Right. Who saw it? What I'll take that. It. No.
2: Right. And that's odd.
0: No, right. It's odd in the old days, you see, you had to monetize that. You had to say, I'm doing that and I can make so much money. The reason actually for doing it is that you would then talk about it and thought it was brilliant and have you seen this? You didn't buy
2: anything, did you?
0: No, but I hadn't seen it before. So it was early moves advanced. In fact, it was the first thing you've ever done in the world. No one's done it as brilliantly as that. (laughs) If I may (laughs) say. If (laughs) If I (laughs) may say.
2: It was the fact that you were talking about it, you do, first name is Joe.
0: Hello, oh, okay. Joe. I sure. run a
2: retail design company in oh, really? town. Designing what? Uh, shop windows. I used to do your window displays when I went to freelance.
0: Really? Where? Uh, for panoramas. Oh, we're yeah, sure. going to shop panoramas. So yeah. I was at freelance
2: by now doing the same things as So,
0: I, have yes. so you have a business?
2: So do you. No, we don't. Would you like to? We'd love to. You're yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I'll yeah. be <laughs> And I mean that, so I'll give you a card and I'll introduce you. Joel, you know everybody that comes to Ted Baker to do business, let's say we're buying from people, we have lots of suppliers, it's part of our mission statement. If they've travelled, we have to give them an order. We make it. The easy, we make ourselves the most easy company to do business with. When I say easy, I mean in terms of you've got something good, we want to buy it. We don't beat you up. We create a lovely feeling and partnership, and we do the business. <laughs> we just are very positive about that arrangement. We don't treat our suppliers like they're the enemy. We treat them with love and respect. And we want them to do well. Don't get me wrong, we're not soft, as you probably know. We're probably we're tough on price because we want to give our customers great value. But we treat people honestly and fairly. We don't turn people over. If anybody in our company does something which is not right, it just actually doesn't happen. It's not in our culture. So if people are doing business with us, it is very important if you're going to be successful in business, the profit is in the buying, not the selling. It's or big and, is it Tuesday, is it? The profit is in the buying, not the selling. Because the market determines the price you're going to sell it at. And the stock that's left on the shelves is your margin. It's all about sales through. Apple price. And we have never ever, Ted Baker has never ever, gone out of sale, on sale, out of the traditional time of sale time. So we have, have a summer sale, we have an after Christmas sale, we a sale. That's it. We have small little promotions, love takes, but no sale. Because we are preserving the brand. The minute you're on sale every week, that's it, you're a sale brand, you just wait for the sale, don't you? I like that, but I'll wait two weeks. <laughs> we don't do that. If you want to buy a tech, it's full price, or if we have some slow lines, then we put them in um, in, in, in our love tech, which happens maybe three times a year, and the, everything you find in an outlet, which has been a downfall of some very large American brands, one in particular I won't mention with a horse in the sunny <laughs> They, they, their outlet stores, the product in there, and most of them are made for the outlets. Everything you buy in Ted Baker is actually pro- stock, product that we have residue stock. It doesn't have to be bank stock, but it's terminal. We have six of that, four of that, ten of that, broken ranges, put in the outlets. Any, everything in the outlets is genuine, and that's why they trade so well. And we don't make for the outlets. We always short the market. You know, it's like the girlfriend or the boyfriend who always wanted to go out with, don't go ugly early. It's all, about, <laughs> it's all about timing, isn't it? You know what I mean? Yeah, you're right. Yeah. It, it's all about timing and getting that timing right. It's absolutely key to success.
1: I hope you enjoyed the first part of our live Q&A with Ted Baker founder Ray Kelvin. Especially interesting that Ray said that he wouldn't know where to begin if he was starting a business today. As Ray said, don't ever miss an opportunity, so I expect you to tune in this time next week for the second part of this live Q&A with Ted Baker founder Ray Kelvin and to tell all your friends to turn up too. In next week's episode, Ray expands on why you shouldn't go ugly early and why he chose Glasgow to open his first Ted Baker store over London this show is brought to you by rocket spark who make it easy for anyone to build a great looking website each month rocket spark offer one lucky listener the opportunity to get a website absolutely free for the next six months to do some in-market testing of a new idea just go to rocketsparkcom screw it just do it to enter If you'd like the opportunity to attend one of our live events with some of the world's leading entrepreneurs, just go to startupu.co.uk and click on the events calendar. That's Startup U with the letter U. From there, you'll be able to see what live events we've got coming up and book a ticket from as little as £5, which includes a complimentary drink and the opportunity to network with like-minded entrepreneurs. Hope to see you soon. If you're an entrepreneur looking for funding, mentoring or support, go to startupu.co.uk. And if you'd like to share your startup story, we'd love to hear from you. Just go to the contact page on startupu.co.uk and we'll be in touch. And if you like this podcast, please subscribe and I'd love it if you left me a review of the show. To connect with me personally, you can find me on Twitter, LinkedIn and Facebook at Alex Chisnell. Until the next show, remember, don't wait. The time will never be just right. Action always beats intention.